Approximately half an hour after the New York City bombing that wounded 29 people, one critically, Donald Trump deplaned, and then he promptly said that a, quote, bomb went off in New York. He added, we've got to get very tough. It's a terrible thing what's going on in our world, what's going on in our country. But we are going to get tough and smart and vigilant, and we are going to end it. And the media lost its collective mind. How could Trump jump to the conclusion that a trash can did not spontaneously explode and hurt 30 people on the same day somebody attempted to blow up a pipe bomb near a military race in New Jersey? What fool, what crazy fool would leap to such conclusions? CNN tut-tutted, quote, Typically, national political figures use caution when describing unfolding situation and law enforcement actions. Like when, you know, Obama said that the officers in Cambridge, Massachusetts acted stupidly. Keith Olbermann said, quote, Dear Donald Trump, I'm sorry the explosion in Chelsea scared you so much when everyone in Chelsea seems fine. Hashtag you exploitative scumbag, you know, except for the 30 people who were wounded. Democratic consultant John Aravosis tweeted, Hey, there's a surprise. Donald Trump decided to use the New York explosion to his political advantage as opposed to Democrats who say every crisis is an opportunity. Jameel Smith of MT News tweeted, Does everyone know how effing dangerous it is to say this? We here in New York don't know what it was, but he does. NYPD, New York Fire Department don't know if it was a bomb in Chelsea, but Trump does. Well, yeah. Claire Jeffrey of Mother Jones tweeted, Don't be like Trump and spread misinformation. Nobody knows what caused Chelsea explosion. Could be gas leak or other accident. That narrative fell apart about two hours afterward when Hillary Clinton, while ripping Trump for supposedly jumping the gun, described the New York City bombing as a bombing herself. Whoopsie. Much of the media criticism, incredibly, came after Hillary had already confirmed that the bombing was a bombing. Is it any wonder nobody trusts the media when their first reaction to a terror bombing in a major city is to wonder about a politician saying that a bombing is a bombing just a little bit too early? I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. <laughs> Tons to get to today here on the Ben Shapiro Show. And we'll get to all of it. First, we have to say hello to today's sponsor, Birch Gold, our good friends, our good friends at Birch Gold. They have a great, long-standing track record of continued success with their clients. Lots, lot, thousands of satisfied clients, five-star reviews, A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, which is the one that matters to me. And, uh, and there are folks who can help you invest in precious metals and move your 401k or IRA over to precious metals. If you're concerned about the state of the economy and the future of inflation, concerned about the stock market, you should have part of your portfolio for sure in gold. I have a little bit of my portfolio in precious metals. You should contact Birch Group Gold, uh, gold Group right now and receive a free information kit on physical precious metals. They'll give you this 16-page this kit for free that tells you how gold and silver can protect your savings. You can call them and talk to them. Also, ask all your questions. And I always say, when it comes to investment, ask all the questions that you want to ask, because it's your money. To get your no-cost, no-obligation kit, call our friends at Birch Gold Group right now, 800-496-6663. 800-496-6663. Or go to www.birchgold.com slash Ben. Make sure that it's B-I-R-C-H gold.com slash Ben. Add the slash Ben so that they know that we sent you. And then they continue advertising with us and making the show possible. Because otherwise, we have a bunch of people here who are unemployable. And they'll be on the breadline. So you're either pay for them by paying our advertisers or through your tax dollars through welfare. So those are your two choices. Okay. Lots going on today. Obviously, the big news over the weekend is that there is this, this bombing in New York City. And this happens in Chelsea, 30, 29 people wounded, one person wounded critically. There was also a, a, an attempted pipe bombing in New Jersey. There was also an attempted bombing this morning in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Apparently, the robot that was supposed to disarm the bomb accidentally triggered the bomb, so it blew up. Nobody was hurt. And my favorite part of this, of, of this story is obviously not the bombing itself, but my favorite part is that Bill de Blasio's anti-terror plan is apparently letting more criminals out onto the streets because the way that there were two bombs planted in New York. One went off. The other one was found. How was the other one found? 
It was found because thieves saw a rolling backpack lying on the street and decided they liked the rolling backpack. So they opened it up. They took out the 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 kettle bomb. It was it looked like a pressure cooker. They took out the, the pressure cooker, which was the bomb. They physically took it out of the suitcase, accidentally disconnecting it, <laughs> put it in a trash bag, and then stole the suitcase. That service to to actually get rid of the to, to dismantle the bomb. So well done for for the thieves in New York City who are they, again this is this is De Blasio's plan to to stop terrorism is to cut down on the police and increase the number of thieves who are going to steal the objects that have bombs in them. Amazingly, that was actually not the only situation in which this happened today. It happened in New Jersey also. The way that the police discovered this backpack with filled with five IEDs reportedly, was because somebody left the backpack, you know, in a public area so that it would kill people, and a thief picked it up and started to walk away with it, and then looked inside and said, oh my God, there are bombs in here, and called the cops. So, so thank you to, to America's thieving community. You've saved a lot of people today. Pretty, pretty great. Okay, so here is, so Donald Trump was under a lot of fire from the media. I want to talk about today why Donald Trump benefits when there's a terrorist attack, and he does. The reason that Donald Trump benefits when there's a terrorist attack at least ones like in San Bernardino, is because the Democrats believe all the wrong things. The media believe all the wrong things. So Trump makes basically three arguments when it comes to terror attacks. Argument number one is that the media will not cover a terror attack as a terror attack, and they pretend it's not a big deal, and they cover the Islamophobia angle, and they worry about the backlash from us evil Americans significantly more than they worry about the actual bombing. So that's his argument number one is against the media. Argument number two is against the Democrats. He says the Democrats don't know how to deal with this. They refuse to even label this Islamic terrorism. They're hesitant to say what we all know is true. Their angles just don't work on how they're going to deal with this. They blame all the wrong people. So that's his second argument is the Democrats don't know how to deal with this. And his third argument is when it comes to terrorism, the best solution to terrorism is to stop the terrorists from coming here in the first place. We need to limit immigration significantly, cut it off completely actually, from countries where we have no capacity to vet, places like, say, Afghanistan, places like, say, Syria. And the Democrats, meanwhile, keep talking about how they want to bring in more people from these places. So those are Trump's three big arguments. And given the events of the weekend, all three of these arguments are absolutely stellar. They absolutely work, uh, especially in this, this situation in Minnesota. So there's a stabbing attack in Minnesota by a guy, ISIS now takes credit for this 22-year-old guy, was a student. Uh, he, I'm, I'm trying to find out. Was he Somali refugee? Was that the story? He was, he's a refugee, I guess, um, and uh, or his dad was, and uh, and he commits this this atrocity. He's going around a mall in Minneapolis, stabbing people, killing one, wounding another seven, uh, and uh, and he does that while asking people if they're Muslims first. The media cover this up for 24 hours. They have no idea what the motive is. No idea what the motive is. Can you imagine if somebody went around stabbing people, asking if they were Christian, and shouting Jesus Christ at the top of his lungs? How long do you think it would take for the media to reveal that the motive was Christianity? radical Christianity. It took them, but it took them 24, 48 hours to say that this had anything to do with radical Islam. It took them until ISIS actually claimed credit. So I want to start with the media angle. So here is the actual video of the bomb going off in Chelsea. This happened late Saturday night. Hi. Oh, there in the distance. Cursor. That's really sad. And people running away, obviously. So for people who can't see this and are listening to it, in the distance you can see a big flash of light and the bomb goes off. And it clearly looks like a bomb. I mean, there's video of this contemporaneous. It clearly happened. And then the NYPD finds a pressure cooker. And here's a picture of the pressure cooker. Now you'll notice this picture of the pressure cooker. This is from New York City Alerts. You'll notice on the picture of the pressure cooker there's a little symbol. It's down near about the the 5 o'clock position on this pressure cooker, if the top of it were clock. And what you see there, it's hard to see a 
little bit. That is a crescent and a star, right? That is an Islamic symbol on top of the pressure cooker. And we know that the, that the bombers in Boston used pressure cookers in order to try and kill people at the Boston Marathon. We also know that al-Qaeda had told potential terrorist recruits, here's how you make a bomb. You take a pressure cooker and you put a bunch of stuff in it. So pressure cooker bombs have sort of become the, the latest IED. Now, just to, I want to preface what I'm about to say with, with, with regard to the media and the Democrats with this. We know why people do this. We do. We know why people do this. It's because they follow a brand of Islam that believes that they must murder the infidel. It's that simple. And they're not, they're not trying to hide this. I mean, the, the terrorists don't try to hide this. It's not like they're hiding this under some sort of dog whistle. There's no dog whistle. So to take an example, there's a Palestinian preacher who, over the weekend, he was calling on Allah to blow up Washington, D.C. because Allah has promised them the White House. Here's tape of it. Yeah, America! سنخبرك باليوم الذي يرفع الاذان من على البيت الابيض ومن على القصر الاحمر لكريملين في موسكو سنكبر عليه لان الله وعدنا بهما Allah has promised both places to us Muhammad sallallahu Okay so this is, so I mean uh, we can stop it there but uh, is this is it, is it a great mystery why these people are doing what they're doing is it a giant mystery I mean, he, he seems to understand what it is that he's talking about, and it seems the terrorists understand what they're talking about. Okay, so we know why they do it, and they know what they do. The reason that Trump benefits from terrorist attacks is not because terrorist attacks are inherently good for Republicans. They're not. The reason is because Democrats do all the wrong things whenever there's a terrorist attack. They don't make you feel secure. They make you feel like they don't take the problem seriously, and the media do the same thing. So Trump starts—so so I think that it's important to recognize what the media was actually focused on over the weekend. So we'll get back to the bombing in a second. But I think it's important to regress here for, for just to digress for just a second. Donald Trump on Friday played a big trick on the media. So on Thursday, he said to the Washington Post that he didn't want to talk about whether Barack Obama was born in the United States. And the media went insane. They lost their minds. We have to talk about this. It's a big issue. We have to talk about birtherism. Sure, Obama released his birth certificate in 2011, but this is a big campaign issue. We all have to talk about it. So on Friday, Trump plays a trick on the media. He says he's going to hold a big speech event where he discusses the birther issue at length and then he starts the event he trots out 20 minutes of veterans endorsing him and then finally at the very end at the very end he trolls the media he, he drops 10 seconds and here's what trump says about the birther issue not to mention her in the same breath but hillary clinton <laughs> and her campaign of 2008 started the birther controversy i finished it I finished it. You know what I mean. President Barack Obama was born in the United States, period. Now we all want to get back to making America strong and great again. Thank you. Thank you very much. Right. So he trolls them, right? He, he does this whole routine. And the media are so mad that they were supposed to go on this press tour of the new Washington, D.C. Trump Hotel. And they actually physically went in and deleted all the footage that they had taken of the Trump tour so that nobody could use it because they were so mad at Trump. So over the weekend, there's this terrorist attack in New York City. And there's a terrorist attack in, in Minneapolis. And there's an attempted terrorist attack in New Jersey. So what are the media focused on? Where's the media's big focus? On Obama's birth certificate, naturally. So on Sunday morning, here's the coverage on Sunday morning of the of the news that really matters. Here's Martha Raddatz, who's going to be moderating one of these debates. And here she is talking about the birther issue. Yeah. He said Friday right. that Hillary Clinton and her campaign were at fault for this birther movement as well. And you just said it yourself. What is the proof 
because we can't find any, and fact-checkers have looked into that, that Hillary Clinton started the birther movement. Well, I just would refer you to news reports with the McClatchy news service and reports of people in in your industry martha but i, the I really reports have of people to in my industry say there's no look, proof look, they can find that look, hillary clinton had anything to do with well, it. I, I i understand your perspective on it i understand the desire of many in the national media to change the subject from hillary clinton's disastrous record and her dishonesty but we're just not going to play that game Okay, so you can see where the media is focused on. It's on birtherism. That's the real issue. That's what everybody's worried about. Things are blowing up in trash cans in the middle of New York City, and they're deeply, deeply worried about the birther issue. Martha Raddatz continues to insist that the birther issue is not over. She continues to focus on his 5C. On Friday, for the very first time, Mr. Trump said that Barack Obama was born in the U.S. Why did it take him so long? Well, let me say that... Uh, the momentum in this campaign is really overwhelming and I think it's because Donald Trump's been focusing on issues the American people really care about. Uh, he brought that issue to an end uh, this week. Uh, but, uh, but I have to be honest with you, other than many in the national media and certainly in Hillary Clinton's campaign, as I campaign all across this country with Donald Trump. We need to listen to Pence's full answer because we know what he's going to say here. So here's the point. Forget about the birther stuff for a second. No one cares about that when bombs are going off in the middle of New York City. But what are the media concerned about? The media are deeply, deeply concerned that Donald Trump said bombing. So here's what Donald Trump said immediately after this bombing in New York City. Just before I got off the plane, a bomb went off in New York, and nobody knows exactly what's going on. But, boy, we are living in a time. We better get very tough, folks. We better get very, very tough. Just happened. So we'll find out, but it's, uh, it's a terrible thing that's going on in our world and in our country. And we are going to get tough and smart and vigilant, and we're going to end it. We're going to end it. So we'll see what it is. We'll see what it is. And as I mentioned up top at the beginning of the show, the media lose their mind. How could Trump say bombing? We don't even know it's a bombing. Okay, first of all, you can see in the video it's a bombing. Okay, you can see from the video, it's a bombing. There are multiple angles of the attack. People were already saying it was a bombing within minutes of it happening. As opposed to, there was, for example, a gas leak in New York City that, that, that created a massive explosion a couple of weeks ago, and there was no one who was saying that it was a bombing because it was clear that it was a gas leak. Hillary wants to knock Trump for this, too, so Hillary goes after Trump. She says it's really inappropriate for him to say this. She just makes a little boo-boo. I've been briefed uh, about the bombings in New York and New Jersey and the attack in Minnesota. Uh, obviously, we need to do everything we can to support our first responders also to uh, pray for the victims. Uh, we have to let this investigation unfold. We've been in touch with uh, various officials, including uh, the mayor's office in New York, uh, to learn what uh, they are discovering. She continued on by ripping into Trump, saying that it was inappropriate for Trump to comment on it. The problem was she let off her statement by saying we know about the bombings in New York. So she says, there have been these bombings in New York, but Trump said they were bombings, and that's really bad. That's really bad. Is that supposed to make Americans feel secure with her? I mean, first of all, she looks half dead there. She looks like she's an extra from the cast of Walking Dead. She's a walking corpse. She looks bad, right? I mean, you don't feel secure with her. But that's really where your focus is. That's really where your focus is, and it gets worse. So we've already said that Trump is right about the media. He's also right about the Democrats and how they make people feel insecure about all of this. But to watch that, you're going to have to go to Daily Wire 
dailywire.com. If you subscribe to dailywire.com, you can watch the rest of the show live. We have all these cool new features over at dailywire.com. You get, by the way, we have an annual offer for people at dailywire.com. If you subscribe right now annually, then you get a free copy of, uh, of Andrew Clavin's book signed. In a few weeks, we're going to be doing the same thing with my book signed, uh, my new novel signed. So that you get that. Dailywire.com is the place to be. And again, the show will continue live. We're watching it there right now. It'll just be live. You'll continue right on. You don't have to wait until later for the audio, and you can see the video. So uh, so go to dailywire.com right now. Subscribe. It's 8 bucks a month. If you want to listen to the rest of the show later, go to YouTube or iTunes. We are the number one conservative podcast in the country. We thank you for that. All righty. So, continuing forth, the Democrats clearly don't know how to respond to these terror attacks. So, reason number one, Trump succeeds. The media doesn't take it seriously, and everybody knows what happened here. Everybody knows what a problem all of this was. Second point that Trump makes, Democrats don't take any of this seriously. So, chief idiot in the Democrat caucus, and there are lots of stupid people in the Democrat caucus, but this guy takes the cake, is Mayor Bill de Blasio, the communist mayor of New York City. This is his first statement after the Chelsea explosion. Injuries are significant. At this point, we can confirm that none of those injured are likely to die. There is no evidence at this point of a terror connection to this incident. I want to say more broadly, there is no specific and credible threat against New York City at this point in time from any terror organization. Okay, so does anyone feel more secure? There's no evidence of a terror connection. No evidence of any terror connection. He actually said, there's no evidence of terror. This was an intentional incident. So we now have the war on intentional incidents, which is, which is very important because intentional incidents threaten us all. Then you have President Obama. President Obama stays out of the limelight for more than 24 hours. I mean, this stuff happens Saturday night. He doesn't say anything about it. He makes a couple of jokes about ISIS earlier in the day, and then there's a bombing, and then he says nothing, nothing from Saturday night all the way until this morning. Finally, he says something, and here's what President Obama says. Law enforcement is asking for the help of the community. And so to everybody in this region, uh, I want to repeat uh, what we've said before. If you see something suspicious, then you need to say something. Contact local law enforcement. Uh, in the meantime, I would ask that the press try to refrain from getting out ahead of the investigation. Uh, I am extraordinarily happy with the cooperation that's been taking place with, between the FBI uh, and state and local law enforcement officials. Uh, they are moving smartly on this investigation. Uh, it does not help if uh, false reports uh, or incomplete information is out there. So try to, as much as possible, uh, stick to what our investigators okay. say because so, so President Dolt over here says, if you see something, say something. The problem is President Obama has created what we like to call a Catch-22. Catch-22 is based on the book. Uh, it's a great book. Um, and, uh, and, the, and the book, the, the, the idea in Catch-22 is just what you think it is colloquially. The, the idea in Catch-22 is, is that no matter what you do, you can't escape the situation. So in, in the book Catch-22, what you have is a pilot who, who doesn't want to fly any more missions in World War II, and because he doesn't want to fly any more missions in World War II, he can claim to be crazy, but the only way that he can claim to be crazy is by claiming that he wants to fly more missions, and then they let him fly more missions because he's crazy. But if he doesn't want to fly any more missions, that means he's sane, so they make him fly more missions. So no matter what he does, he has to fly more missions in World War II. President Obama, it's the same thing with if you see something, say something. So you hear President Obama say things like, if you see something, say something. Except 
when you see something about a Muslim and you say something, and then the entire media and President Obama come down on you. So today, there's a headline from the New York Post. There's a real headline from the New York Post, okay? Photographer who found second Chelsea bomb thought device was a science project. Quote, I thought it was a kid's science experiment with wires coming out of the pressure cooker. Every which way. Now, I'm old enough to remember when a year and a half ago, there was a young boy named Ahmed. It turns out, by the way, the bomber in this case is also named Ahmed. But in this case, there's a young boy named Ahmed in a small town in Texas. And young Ahmed went to school with a device that looked exactly like a bomb and said that he had invented a clock, which he hadn't. If he wanted to invent a clock, he should have gone back about 6,000 years and put a stick in the ground and called it a sundial. He said he invented a clock. And they, and they pulled him out of class, and they said, this thing looks like a bomb. And President Obama said, nice clock, Ahmed. Do you want to come to the White House? Well, I mean, it's a good thing that he didn't say to the kettle bombers, nice kettle bomb project, Ahmed. Would you like to come to the White House? Because then there might be some dead people at the White House. Okay, this catch-22 is really horrifying. This, If you see something, say something routine, it doesn't work if when you see something and you say something, then you're ripped as being a racist Islamophobe who hates brown people and can't trust Muslims. And here's the thing that's amazing about this. Well, there's now a report from the UK Daily Mail that the bomber in this case, this Ahmed Rahman guy, the, 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 uh, Rahami, Ahmed, Ahmad Rahami, Ahmad Rahami sued his local police department in New Jersey for, wait for it, Islamophobia a couple of years ago in 2011. He sued the police department saying they were biased against Muslims. It also turns out he's a terrorist. So the way this works is if they call Islamophobia—honestly, like the best thing that you can do if you're a terrorist now is you should actually design a bomb that looks like a clock. And then you should put it out there, and then if it's disarmed, you just say it was Islamophobia, it was a clock in the first place. And if it's not disarmed, yeah, you bombed somebody. It's really incredible stuff. I mean, does that make you feel more secure if you see something, say something, but if you say the wrong thing, then President Obama will label you a racist on national TV? That's not all the stupidity out of Obama. President Obama also said, again, ISIL is a failed cause. We will continue to lead the global coalition in the fight to destroy ISIL, which is uh, instigating a lot of uh, people over the Internet uh, to carry out attacks. Uh, we are going to continue to go after them. We're going to take out their leaders. We're going to take out their infrastructure. They are continuing to lose ground in Iraq and in Syria. And later today, I'll be meeting with Prime Minister Abadi of Iraq to discuss uh, the need to sustain that momentum. As we take away more of their territory, it exposes ISIL as the failed cause that it is, and it helps to undermine their ideology, which over time will make it harder for them to recruit and inspire people to violence. Okay. The CIA says, by the way, that ISIS has not diminished in its capacity to do terrorism outside of its territory. President Obama can call ISIS a failed cause all he wants, but they're setting off bombs in major American cities. Again, this does not inspire confidence. So when Trump says the Democrats don't know what they're doing, you get the feeling that he's right. Josh Ernest at the White House is also inspiring a fair bit of discontent this morning. Josh Ernest, he's on CNN. And wait until you hear what he says the battle with ISIS is. This is truly amazing. We are, when it comes to ISIL, we are in a fight, a narrative fight with them, a narrative battle. And what ISIL wants to do is they want to project that they are an organization that is representing Islam in a fight and a war against the West and a war against the United States. That is a bankrupt, false narrative. It's a mythology. And we have made progress in debunking that mythology. Okay, so it's a, it's a narrative battle, you understand. It's not a battle with somebody who's setting off kettle bombs who we need to shoot. No, it's a narrative battle. By the way, Ahmad Rahami, there was a, they, they were seeking him all morning. He was finally caught, and he got in a gun battle with officers, and he was shot. So for all the people, it, it's so funny. There, there, Chris Hayes put out one of the dumbest tweets in the world this morning. He said, we're very, very lucky 
that Ahmad Rahami decided not to use a gun. He decided instead to use bombs, and the, and the, and the fellow in Minneapolis, the, the terrorist in Minneapolis, decided to use knives. Well, we're also very lucky that the, the we're very very lucky that the people who decided to face down these terrorists decided to do so not with narratives but with actual guns because that's how all of these terrorists were taken. And the one in Minneapolis was taken down by an off-duty cop who happened to be carrying. He wasn't even on duty. In any case, it's pretty obvious the left doesn't know how to deal with this. The Minneapolis mayor released a statement that's just ridiculous. The, the, the statement says this: "Love is bigger than hate." Oh my God! This is Betsy Hodges, the mayor of Minneapolis? Love is bigger than hate. And whenever people say stupid things like this, I just think to myself, if love were bigger than hate, there would be no Holocaust. Love is bigger than hate. It's horrifying to imagine the attack in St. Cloud last night. I am praying for the victims and their families, and I'm grateful it was not worse. I'm also grateful for our first responders who once again put their own safety aside in an uncertain and dangerous situation in order to keep others safe. At this difficult moment, I urge every Minneapolitan and every Minnesotan to support and stand firmly with our Muslim, East African, and Somali friends and neighbors. A horrible, violent attack like this should never be exploited to attack a whole community and a whole religion, yet we have seen Islamophobia rear its ugly head in terrible moments. So just the whole thing is about Islamophobia. That's what they're deeply worried about. People get stabbed in the middle of Minnesota for no reason, and we're deeply worried not about the philosophy that drove it. We're worried about people who share a common religion with the people who did this being insulted and, and people treating them nastily. Now, nobody should treat Muslims badly because there are some Muslims who do bad things. But if we, don't, if we keep pretending that there's no connection whatsoever between Islam and people committing terrorist acts all over the world, then we're not paying attention. We're not paying attention to the need for moderation within the Islamic community, that's for sure. That's not even the worst of the morning. The worst of the morning for Democrats was, was Hillary. Hillary blamed Donald Trump for the attacks in New York. Really, she, it's, it's Donald Trump's fault that these people decided to engage in, in terrorist attacks in the middle of New York City. Donald Trump's comments have been used online for recruitment of terrorists. We've heard that from former CIA director Michael Hayden, who made it a very clear point when he said Donald Trump is being used as a recruiting sergeant for the terrorists. We also know from the former head of our counterterrorism center, Matt Olson, uh, that the kinds of rhetoric and language that Mr. Trump has used is giving aid and comfort to our adversaries. Okay, so he's giving aid and comfort. First of all, note the language. Aid and comfort is the legal language of treason. Treason is punishable by death. So she's basically saying Donald Trump should die because he's giving aid and comfort to the enemy by saying things like ISIS ought to be destroyed and we have a problem with, with radical Islam and we are going to have to prevent Muslims from entering the country in massive numbers from areas where we don't know. Now, listen, I was against a lot of the things Donald Trump said early in this campaign with regard to a blanket ban on Muslims coming into the country because, again, I don't think that's possible and I also think that that's kind of silly. But the idea that, that ISIS is waiting for Donald Trump to say things to recruit is asinine. It's asinine. I guarantee you more people are being recruited by ISIS through the opportunity to fight back against the people who are bombing them, like Hillary and Obama, than are being recruited by Trump's rhetoric. It's just not the way this works. The first time Hillary said this, there was no evidence that ISIS had done any of this. Then Hillary said it, and all of a sudden ISIS latched onto it, and they started using Trump's comments as sort of impetus in the, in their recruitment materials. We've looked, and we're one of the few shows, we actually looked at an ISIS recruitment video, and we analyzed what they are actually attempting to do to recruit people. The way that they recruit people is by saying they've created this massive Islamic caliphate that's bigger than Great Britain, and it's a wonderful, wonderful place to be, and it's a place where you're going to be guaranteed heaven if you live there. It's these big cities, and everything's great. 
You know, that's that's and they're standing up for truth, justice in the Islamic way. Right? There was no mention of Trump. I mean, we played an ISIS recruitment video on the show just to show people what it is that we're up against. But Hillary's blaming Trump. So you got de Blasio blaming intentional incidents. You've got Obama saying that ISIL is on the run. And you've got Hillary Clinton blaming Trump for ISIS doing its recruitment. Is it any wonder that when Trump says these people don't take it seriously and don't know what they're doing, he's exactly right? So with that said, it's time for a little bit of Good Trump, Bad Trump, theme brought to you by Brandon Snipes. Good Trump, Bad Trump, which one will we get today? Okay, so we start with Bad Trump. So there's only a little bit of Bad Trump today. The part of Trump that's that's so silly is that there's part of Trump, unfortunately, that's that's sort of third grade, and that is that he says it's a bombing. And then he goes out there, and, and, and then he goes out there, and he brags about how he was the first one to say that it was a, that it was a bombing. <laughs> so here's Donald Trump taking credit for predicting that it was a, that it was a bombing, just like every other person in America with half a brain outside the media. It is so unfair. They call but, it the Clinton News Network. If you saw her in the back of the plane, and she used the words "bombs" also, by the way, and that's true. I I heard. I didn't see it, but I heard. I was criticized for calling it correctly. I, what I said was exactly correct. I should be a newscaster because I called it before the news. <laughs> Okay, this kind of stuff is so silly. There's no reason for Trump to do this. Who cares whether you called it early? He's correct, by the way, to slam the media and say, you don't get to rip me for being right on this. But the idea that he should have been a newscaster when he's revealing information that apparently wasn't confirmed yet, that's, that's it. But, but most of Trump today is good Trump. I mean, most of Trump today really is good Trump. So here is Donald Trump talking about the future possibility of terror attacks. I think this is something that maybe will get, you know, will happen perhaps more and more all over the country. What do you mean, more terror strikes? Yeah, because we've been weak. Our country's been weak. We're letting people in by the thousands and tens of thousands. I've been saying you got to stop it. you got to, I mean, just last week, uh, Obama said more than 100,000 people are going to come in from Syria. He's letting more people in, 100,000. Uh, Hillary Clinton wants to uh, increase what he's letting. He's letting thousands and thousands of people. They don't know. They can't be properly vetted. There's no way. I spoke to law enforcement, the best people in law enforcement. They say there is no way of vetting these people. So he let in over 100,000 additional people. And now Hillary Clinton is raising it by 550 percent. And this has been going on for a long time. Thousands of people are pouring into our country. We have no idea what we're doing. Our leaders are, I don't even say weak. I say stupid. Okay, and he's exactly right. Everything that he just said is right. Now, Trump's response to this has been, we knocked the hell out of them. I want to point out, obviously, this is not a detailed response to how you take out ISIS, but people are not voting on detailed responses anymore. I've given up on the idea this is going to be a substantive election, because obviously it isn't. It's going to be an attitudinal election. People are going to vote based on attitude. The attitude from Trump is, there are bad guys out there. Out there. They, they are radical Muslims, and we need to bomb the hell out of them. We need to knock the hell out of them. And Hillary's idea is, well, it's kind of Trump's fault for instigating. He really should stop all this. We need to worry about Islamophobia. We're already taking kind of half measures that are working. People get the attitude. One of them is gung-ho to go kill terrorists, and the other one is really hesitant and afraid there's going to be backlash. And most people are going to side with Trump on this one. And you can see that his entire team is on the same page. Again, his team doing a good job on this. Here's General Michael Flynn talking about political correctness getting a lot of people killing. Political correctness kills. It causes, it will cause death. And, and we can't have that. You don't have a lot of people yelling, Jesus Christ, putting a knife in somebody's body or, or putting a knife in somebody's head. I mean, no. this is a different enemy. It's an enemy that we have not, frankly, understood in a couple of administrations, right. and we definitely don't understand them right now. 
Okay, and he's exactly right, and he's not the only one saying that today. Chris Christie says it's easy to call this terrorism. He's, it's, it's easy to forget because Chris Christie has become reek to, to, the, to the Roos Bolton of uh, to, to the Ramsey Bolton of, uh, of, of Donald Trump, but he still is the governor of New Jersey. I mean, in, in his day job, when he's not shining Donald Trump's shoes, Chris Christie's still the governor of New Jersey. And he says, of course, this is terrorism. So as I said, we have some promising leads. We're working with the FBI and our state police to follow them. Uh, but obviously, if you look at um, a number of these incidents, uh, you can call them whatever you want. They are terrorism, though. There's no doubt about that. Their terrorism. Now, who's responsible is something else, and what the motive was is something else that hopefully we're going to find out in the days ahead. Okay. And then finally, Rudy Giuliani says, of course, this was an act of terrorism as well. To, to say it's a terrorist act is perfectly accurate. I mean, this could be domestic terrorism. This could be some form of lunatic terrorism. But a bomb, by almost by definition, when you explode a bomb in a crowded area, that's an act of terrorism. Yes. Now, now the question becomes, is it connected to anything? Mm. And it would seem to me you need a little bit more investigating before, or a lot more investigating before you come to that conclusion. What seems like uh, a more, we people, stop it there, but what seems like a more serious take on terrorism? The one that you're seeing now or the one that you saw five minutes ago from the various Democrats trying to blame Trump and trying to say it's not terrorism and trying to say, if you see something, say something, unless it's about a Muslim, in which case, shut up. But if there's a bombing, it's your fault. Right? If, if, you, if you're just watching this as a layperson, it's obvious which side uh, has, a, has a, its head on straight with regard to terrorism, which means that Hillary has some problems. So the latest polls, again, show this race extraordinarily close. There's a new poll out of Florida that shows Hillary, I think, up one point in Florida. Uh, she's up big in Pennsylvania. Right now, Trump has to win. If he wins Florida, Ohio, Iowa, and North Carolina, and right now he's leading in Ohio, he's leading heavily in Iowa, He's leading by a little bit in North Carolina, but that one could go either way, and Florida is also a dead heat. So those two are a little bit more doubtful. He's probably going to win Nevada because he has Nevada connections through the Trump casinos over there. If he wins those states, if he wins those five states, he is one state away from being president of the United States. That's how close this election is right now. If Donald Trump wins one extra state, if he wins Colorado or Wisconsin or Michigan or Pennsylvania or New Hampshire, if he wins one of those, he is president of the United States right now. And so there's desperation setting in among the Democrats because it turns out they insisted that they must have Hillary at all costs. Hillary must be the candidate at all costs. And it turns out she's the worst candidate in American history. I mean, she almost lost to a 74-year-old geriatric socialist loon bag. And now she's busy losing to a giant orange. I mean, it's, it's, she, she's awful at this. She's legitimately awful at this. And so Barack Obama is going out there pleading with black people, you need to go out and you need to show up for Hillary in the same way you showed up for me. And there is one candidate who will advance those, those things. And there is another candidate whose defining principle, the central theme of his candidacy, is opposition to all that we've done. There's no such thing as a vote that doesn't matter. It all matters. And after we have achieved historic turnout in 2008 and 2012, especially in the African-American community, I will consider it a personal insult, an insult to my legacy, if this community lets down its guard and fails to activate itself in this election. Ooh. You want to give me a good send-off? Go vote! Make it about him. Look how angry he is. And I'm going to be working as hard as I can these next seven weeks to make sure folks do. I mean, it's okay for him to say that because you're allowed to boss black people around, right? Oh, no, actually, it's not okay for him to say black people need to show up to the polls simply because I'm a black guy and you backed me, so you should go back Hillary Clinton. 
And he says he's going to be especially disappointed with black people if they don't vote for Hillary Clinton. Why? Because she's been such a boon to the black community, exactly? Uh, I mean, they're getting desperate out there. They're getting desperate. If they're, if they're Democrats, they're getting very, very desperate. Okay, time for some things I like, and then time for some things I hate. So things I like, we're going to try and do some classic comedies you may not have heard of. One of my favorites, nobody's ever heard of this film, but it's a great film with Ronald Coleman and Celeste Holm called Champagne for Caesar. It's all about a game show. It's back in the, it was produced in 1950 when game shows were a big thing. And it's all about this quiz show, and Ronald Coleman is a, is a character who is just... He knows everything. They call him Mr. Encyclopedia, and he knows everything. He goes on this game show, and the company that's doing the game show, which is run by a hilarious Vincent Price, is trying to figure out desperately, how do we stop him from winning all the money we own? Because he knows all of the answers on this game show. See, Ronald Coleman is a, a soap factory, and, and this soap factory is the sponsor for the, for the quiz program. Thank you. And make yourself comfortable. Comfortable. Ridiculous. Good afternoon. Uh, it's a nice place, you. <coughs> Good afternoon. I was saying to the other gentleman. Primarily a physical comedy. It's actually the, the, the part of the the part of the film that's that's very funny is all the stuff they're having to do with the quiz show. Vincent Price is great. So we don't have to watch the we don't have to watch the whole thing, but you, you can actually get this, I believe, on uh, I don't know if it's available on Netflix. You can, I think it's on YouTube as well. But it's it's the the movie is is kind of an unknown gem, and it's really it's really intellectual and funny. Okay, uh, other things I like. Uh, Jeb Baru showed up at the Emmys. I don't know if you watched the Emmys, um, but Jeb uh, Jeb McFace, Jeb Bush, exclamation point, he showed up at the Emmys, and he actually was very funny. They did they did a skit with Kimmel, and uh, here it is. There's plenty of room up front. Oh, thank you. You're a lifesaver. Thank you. Sir. Hey, you're driving? Yeah, I'm in between jobs right now. You know you can make $12 an hour driving for Uber? I did not know that, but that's great. I have to get downtown to the Emmys. Are you nominated? I am, yeah. Wow. What's that like? It's nice. It's nice. You think you can win? Well, there's a lot of competition and uh, probably not. Well, here's what I know. If you run a positive campaign, the voters ultimately will make the right choice. You know, it's funny you say that. My psychic... Jimmy, that was a joke. Get out of the car. <laughs> and shave that wig off your face, you godless Hollywood hippie. <laughs> Jeb exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So good for Jeb. Look at that. He's showing a little bit of personality. Okay, time for some things that I hate. Okay, I'm going to start with our good friend, Ryan Priebus of the Republican National Committee. Let's start with Reins. So, Reins of the Republican National Committee. I'm never going to get used to the fact that there's a graphic there, guys. Just get, get over it. So, Reins Priebus, uh, who uh, I, I, called, I called Chris Christie Reek earlier, and that was unfair to Reins Priebus. Uh, so, Reins Priebus... Uh, Reince Priebus, who it may have actually been physically castrated by Donald Trump in the midst of the primary season, uh, he went on national TV yesterday and he threatened any candidate, he means John Kasich and Ted Cruz, who's not getting behind Donald Trump, cannot, he's saying, we're going to try and, and create incentives for them not to run in future races. Now, uh, listen, I think that, that John Kasich is not going to run again, and I don't think that Ted Cruz, uh, I think he faces a real uphill battle in, in a future White House run, but... What Ryan's previous says here is so egregiously gross, and I'll explain why in a second. But look, people who agreed to support the nominee that took part in our process, they used tools from the RNC, they agreed to support the nominee, they took part in our process, we're a private party, we're not a public entity. Mm -hmm. um, those people need to get on board. Um, and, and if they're thinking they're going to run again someday, you know, I think that we're going to evaluate the process of the nomination process, and I don't think it's going to be that easy for them. It, would the party itself penalize somebody who does not make good on the pledge that they made to support the party? I think nominee? these are things that our party is going to look at in the process, and I think that people who gave us their word used information from the RNC should be on board. I mean, John if you want Kasich? to take part in the process, sure. Governor John Kasich. So if he wants to run again, seems like he might want to, he might be out of luck as far as the RNC goes. Well, I, I, look, people are in our party are talking about what we're going to do about this. I mean, there's a ballot access issue in South Carolina. In order to be on the ballot in South Carolina, you actually have to pledge your support to the nominee no matter who that person mm -hmm. is. So what's the penalty for that? Mm -hmm. It's not a threat. It's just a question that we have a process in place. And if a private entity puts forward a process and has agreement with the participants in that process, and those participants don't follow through with the promises that they made in that process, what, what should a private party do about that if those same people come around in four or eight years? And, and you can see him right after this. He, he, was, he was available right after this. Uh, actually giving a giving a sponge bath to Donald Trump and telling him how much he loves him and how he never wanted to go back with the Ironborn. So, so you know, Ryan's previous here, there, there are a couple of things that, that he says that are really outrageous here. Number one, when he says everybody sort of pledged their allegiance. Donald Trump was the only person on the stage. If you recall all the way back to the first debate, I'm old enough to remember it, and so are you, unless you're my baby. If you recall all the way back to the first debate, Donald Trump was the only person on stage not to raise his hand when asked if he pledged to support any of the other candidates on the stage. I said at the time, I think the pledge is idiotic. I don't think that you should have to pledge allegiance to a group of other people, any one of whom could be unacceptable for office. So I actually agreed with Trump at the time. I'm one of the few ideologically consistent people on this. I don't believe in pledges of loyalty to people. I believe in pledges of loyalty to ideas. Okay, but Ryan says... He says, if you don't take the pledge, then we're going to punish you. Then Donald Trump spent the entirety of the primary campaign, the entire time, floating rumors that if he didn't take the nomination, he was going to run. Third party, remember, this is the entire primary campaign. One of the threats was, if he doesn't win, he'll take half of his support, he'll go run third party, he'll prevent anybody from being able to take the presidency away from Hillary Clinton. In March, he was asked again, do you pledge to support Ted Cruz or John Kasich if they get the nomination? And he said no. He said no. 
But Ryan's previous had nothing to say about it at the time. They didn't remove any of Donald Trump's delegates from him in South Carolina. They didn't touch him. They didn't touch him. But now, now that it's all over, now Rika's going to beat everybody in the line. Everybody must fall in behind Ramsey. And if, he doesn't, if you don't fall in behind the, the, the bastard of Winterfeld, then, then everybody has to pay the price. This sort of stuff is really gross. And I think it's also important to point out here one other thing. I remember, I'm old enough to remember, too, when Trump was anti-establishment. This is the head of the RNC, the king of the establishment, telling you that if you don't back Donald Trump, then he will punish you. He will punish you. Okay? Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan, Reince Priebus, those would be the three top names in the establishment corridors, right? Maybe John Boehner. All four of them support Donald Trump. And now they're threatening people if they don't support Donald Trump, or at least Reince Priebus is, in his position as head of the RNC. By the way, it's politically suicidal. It's actually important that there be a few people outside of the Trump campaign. So if Trump goes down, I'll explain why. Like, you, you, can, you can vote for Trump. I don't know how many times I have to say this. You can vote for Trump. Hold your nose, vote for Trump. Perfectly legitimate position. I don't agree with you because I have a different risk calculation than you do. But it's actually important that there be some people who say, I'm not going to support the guy who rips on Mexican judges. I'm not going to support the guy who rips on war heroes. I'm not going to support the guy who says that a fellow candidate's father murdered JFK and insulted the looks of his fellow candidate's wife. I'm not going to support the guy who does all of the terrible things and says all the terrible things that, that, that Donald Trump has because four years from now, they're just going to slap you at Donald Trump. Reince Priebus is demanding that every other candidate for the future lash themselves to the Donald Trump mast. Okay, well, if if a candidate doesn't feel like lashing himself to Donald Trump's mask, isn't that his prerogative? I thought we I thought we were a party full of free thinking individuals, but apparently everyone has to be beaten into place uh, by Reince Priebus and his pathetic RNC, which was too weak to actually stop this terrible campaign from rolling forward. Okay, final things that final things that I hate. So. I already showed you something good from the Emmys. There's plenty that was annoying from the Emmys, uh, including Jimmy Kimmel smacking Melania Trump for no, apparent, for no apparent reason. Television can also tear us apart. I mean, if it wasn't for television, would Donald Trump be running for president? No. He would be at home right now, quietly rubbing up against his wife, Malaria, while she pretends to be asleep. <laughs> Many have asked, who is to blame for Donald Trump, the Donald Trump phenomenon, and I'll tell you who, because he's sitting right there. That's right. That guy. (laughs) Mark Burnett, the man who brought us Celebrity Apprentice. Thanks to Mark Burnett, we don't have to watch reality shows anymore because we're living in one. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for coming all the way from England to to tear us all apart with your intricate plot. It worked. Okay, so there's truth behind the idea that reality TV created Trump, but you don't see any of this sort of attention being lavished on Hillary Clinton, right? You don't see what would Hillary be doing if it weren't for the media making a heroine out of her for the last 20 years of her life, even though she's one of the worst politicians in American history and an evil, corrupt harridan, right? You just don't see that sort of thing from Hollywood. So Kimmel will rip on Trump, I don't think totally unfairly. I think it is unfair, by the way, to, to, to call Melania malaria. I mean, that's, that's the kind of joke that, that is just... It's 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 a cheap laugh. It's a cheap laugh. It's just it's silly. Uh, but that wasn't the end of the of the slaps at Trump. The director of Transparent, which is this Amazon this Amazon series about why transgenderism is the greatest thing since Jesus, uh, the, the the director of Transparent at the Emmys got up and said, "You guessed it. Donald Trump is Hitler." So Jews were otherized in Nazi Germany to gain political power for Hitler, and right now Donald Trump is doing the same thing. He's otherizing people. He calls women pigs if they don't look like beauty pageant contestants. 
He blames Muslims and Mexicans for our problems. He makes fun of disabled people. This is otherizing with a capital O. It has been Just used like in our history before to start and win wars. And he needs to be called out at every chance he gets for being one of the most dangerous monsters to ever approach uh, our lifetimes. He, he's a complete dangerous monster. And any moment that I have to call Trump out for being uh, an inheritor to Hitler, I will. He's an inheritor to Hitler. Yeah, don't, 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 don't understate your case there, lady. I mean, I was, I was really, I was really worried that you were going to make a nuanced, a nuanced argument against Donald Trump. Trump is Hitler. Is not exactly the strongest approach. It really isn't. The idea that Donald Trump is going to murder, round up and murder all the Muslims, round up and murder all the gays, all this stuff is. They say this kind. Of, honestly, what what kills me is that they say this kind of stuff about Mitt Romney. They say it about everybody. The, the, the otherizing. Okay, you're otherizing people. The problem for Hitler was not that he was otherizing people, it was that he was murdering them, right? There, there is a slight difference between Donald Trump saying, we have a problem importing Syrian refugees we can't vet, and saying, let's take all the Syrian refugees, stick them in camps, and then gas them. This, this sort of stuff is so silly, it's so over the top, it's so ridiculous, and it's, and it's insulting to the intelligence. Also, it's insulting to the intelligence to hear a woman who can't put together a phrase beyond dangerous monster and, and put together a complete sentence, try to lecture us all on how politics is supposed to work. So that's that's really that's really ridiculous. Uh, that that wasn't the that wasn't the end of it. There was also at the Emmy Awards people saying we have to topple the patriarchy because clearly the patriarchy is at work when this lady is winning Emmys and then shouting about Donald Trump. Clearly the patriarchy is at work. And then there are people who are stumping for for Hillary Clinton openly. violence against transgender women and topple the patriarchy. patriarchy. Topple the patriarchy. Yay, Patton Oswalt, voice of Ratatouille guy. Yeah, okay, so there's topple the patriarchy. Yeah, that's that. It, clearly, the patriarchy is, is at full work. If the patriarchy were at full work, she'd be wearing something that didn't like she, look like she bought it off the shelf at Buffalo Exchange and then wore it to, and then wore it to the Emmys. I, I, I also love the Obama out, Hillary in, and everybody cheering. Yes, the regime changes to the next available member of the regime. Yay. And we all cheer wildly. If you think that Hollywood hasn't had a role in the, in the shaping of our politics, it has. It's had a major role in the shaping of our politics, and it has not been good on either side with regard to Donald Trump, and it certainly hasn't been good for Hillary Clinton. I love that there's uh, Trump is Hitler, but Hillary must be appointed. She must be appointed by popular fiat, by the people at the Emmys, who, do, who all live within a 10-mile radius of extraordinary, of extraordinary wealth. Okay, so we have reached the end of today's show. Tomorrow we will be broadcasting from far away in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, where I'm giving a, uh, I'm giving a speech in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The day after that, I'm speaking at Yale, and the day after that, I'm speaking at Roanoke College in Virginia. So if you're near any of those places, you're free to show up. If not, don't, and see if I care. But in any case, you should show up for the podcast because we will be broadcasting the rest of this week. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is the Ben Shapiro Show. <laughs> Did you know that mRNA vaccines are approved for use in pigs in the United States? Not to mention 85% of the beef sold in your local grocery store is imported. In fact, over 5 billion pounds of meat was imported just last year. There's so much mystery surrounding our meat, which is why I'm so grateful for my Good Rancher subscription. I know that I don't have to worry about imported meat or unknown vaccines in the food that I feed my family. Good Ranchers is saying mRNO to mRNA by offering a free 10-pound Easter ham with any subscription. 
Unlike the pork from the grocery store, Good Ranchers ham is guaranteed 100% free from mRNA vaccines. This is a $119 value, absolutely free with code DAILYWIRE. Go to GoodRanchers.com and say MRNO to mRNA by subscribing today. You have a right to know exactly what's in your food, and Good Ranchers is dedicated to protecting that right and providing your family with the best meat in America, free from any unknown and potentially harmful additives. Go to GoodRanchers.com and subscribe to any of their boxes and use code DAILYWIRE at checkout. Every subscription will come with a free Heritage Ham, $25 off, and Good Ranchers Lifetime Quality Commitment. That's GoodRanchers.com, code DAILYWIRE.